everyone, and welcome everybody. As always, I'm Dan Holroyd of the Southern Michigan Paranormals, and you are here with us on Unrestricted Paranormal. You're listening to us uh, probably Sunday night here at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the unrestrictedradio.com site. Now, remember, folks, you can tell your friends, your family, even the family that you don't like, uh, that app is free, so they can listen to Unrestricted Radio, unrestrictedradio.com. I've got a great guest with me. I have not talked to this uh, extraordinary lady in, in quite a few years. Um, I'd had her on a, a past podcast, and I saw that you know she was promoting a couple things, and and I thought you know I'm going to give her a ringy ding, uh, a text so to speak, and and get her on the program. Um, joining us, uh, we we've got Joni Mahan and um, or Mayan. I want to make sure I pronounce that right. How do you pronounce that? Mahan. Mayhan, so I'm close. Um, <laughs> Jody Mayhan, and uh, not only is she a paranormal investigator, she's a celebrated author of 23 books, 23, soon to be 24, she tells us. So, Joni, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's no good problem. to be back. Yeah, thanks, Sid, and thanks for your patience yesterday. We had a hell of a time, <laughs> folks, trying to get on the air, uh, but it is what it is, but we are here now. And yeah. I, I first want to talk about your paranormal investigating that's where i kind of always jump on board and you know start with most of these interviews um uh tell everybody who's listening this new audience that you're finding over here um how you got interested in the paranormal and what what you've been doing with it since well i think like most people um you have an experience that you can't explain and and you want to learn more about it and for me i'm i'm a medium i've been i was born that way really born a sensitive and i uh finally started working with my abilities but i started having experiences as young as six years old uh, my mother would tuck me in the bed wow. at night and i would start seeing shadows moving across the room and coming towards me and i had horrific nightmares i um i had uh, sleepwalked in my sleep um they couldn't wake me up and i was seeing and hearing things and you know it's just really crazy i kept having paranormal experiences my whole childhood and into my teens and i think when uh it really came full circle was uh when i got married and we bought our first house and there was a ghost in that house so that really uh made a huge difference trying to live with a ghost that uh was targeting me particularly so after um you know it kind of led to my divorce because it started driving a wedge between us because it would only it, um, do things to me it wouldn't do things to him and he didn't believe me and um you know after our divorce i finally decided i was going to look into this i joined a paranormal team and uh, started investigating and then also started working with my abilities so that's kind of how i got into it I, I've heard that before, you know, that, uh, you, you know, some people who are married at the time, something paranormal happens, one doesn't believe the other, then it leads to, you know, divorce. I mean, mm -hmm. not all the time, but it, it creates issues. What yeah. exactly was this ghost and what was this, this spirit doing to you? Well, I actually documented it in a book, uh, which seems to be what I do. Um, it's called Devil's Toy Box, but it was uh, the homeowner that had lived there before. And he was not happy with some of the things that we were doing. And he was also just a kind of just a nasty guy, you know, just really grumpy. And, right. uh, and I think he really got a kick out of the fact that he was scaring me. Yeah. You know, at that point I, you know, I didn't know what I know now and he was scaring me and he was making it a point to scare me. Uh, but only when my husband wasn't there. 
So, you know, it was, it just become awful after a while. It was hard to be home. Yeah. I, I had conveyed that type of uh, scenario to people when I give talks, you know, I do events, which I include a little lecture and they've asked me about some negative run-ins that I've had. And I, I, I cue it to what you just were saying that mm -hmm. I've run across where we feel that through doing our research, talking to the family or people, you know, who were there going to great, you know, bounds for research. I'll just put it that way yeah. without boring everybody to death that we felt we know who it was and it was a homeowner or somebody who had lived in this home before. And then we find out about their character because not only was it recorded, you know, through family members, it was recorded through, you know, some other, you know, agencies. There'd been some things mentioned about these people. And I, where I'm going around the block to tell everybody this is that I've come to a point where, you know, I told people to listen, you know, we, we've had cases where these people are a-holes when they're alive. Mm -hmm. They're not very pleasant people and they've hung around and now somebody else is in the house. They don't want these people in their space. They certainly don't want you changing things. And then now they're an a-hole uh, on the other side. And, and that right. can turn into a rather traumatic experience. Like you said, there's, you know, we had nothing like, you know, terrible, like biting or scratching, but there was, like you said, a lot of scaring, mm -hmm. just a lot of silly things that were going on that, that, one case in particular, the lady couldn't keep the house rented for more than six months and, and couldn't sell the house because of this guy. Yeah, I can so what, believe that. And so how, how did you resolve that situation? Um, we moved. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, it was hard because, you know, I didn't know anything. And this was back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. So there weren't paranormal teams everywhere. There was barely the Internet. Um, right. So the resources, I can remember looking through the phone book, you know, and there was yep. nothing, you know, nothing that would, you know, help me. And um, so at that point, we, we tried to sell the house and, and it was it's like it didn't want us to move. So it would block every sale, every everything would fall apart in weird ways. And, um, you know, we ended up we had uh, put money down on and building another house in another town and um what the last deal fell through and so we had to literally pull our kids out of school at one school and put them back in their old school and just resign ourselves to living in that house for another six months Jeez. And, uh, then then we were finally i went in and i kind of pleaded with him you know i was there by myself and i'm like look you got to let us go um we can't stay here and uh you know yeah i'm sorry but you know please let us go and and at that like a week later we sold the house so um, I don't know why he finally let us go. I talked to some people that had lived there after us and uh, they reported having some activity, but nothing compared to what we had. And I think, uh, you know, what I've learned over the years is that um, sometimes it takes a strong medium to pull out a haunting, like a sensitive moves in and they, they're aware of you and they know you know they're there. And that's when the haunting starts presenting itself. Right. But other people can move in and not have one thing happen to them. Um, yeah. And you beat me to my next question is that, yeah. you know, you're, you're like a light, a light bulb. You know, I, yeah. I, I have a friend who's a medium, yeah. Christy Robinette. And, she said that to me before about a little bit of mine. You know, I, I allow it to happen when it happens, but she's like, you know, when they're aware and they see that aura, whatever it may be, this light around you, mm -hmm. they're attracted to it and sometimes stronger than you want, you know. Yeah. And I've, I've had that happen. I've had that happen, not as, as intense as yours, but I've had that happen to me. Um, so, yeah, so you've moved on and then you joined this group this paranormal group and and did you take anything away from this were you in a learning process still 
or did you feel that you had something that you were bringing to the table to help them out with? Um, a little bit of both. Um, you know, I was a, um, I was a manager in my job. I was a retail manager for a large, big, big box um, pet company. Okay. And so I had good management skills and, um, you know, they brought me in and almost immediately made me um, the head of their Massachusetts <laughs> team. And even though I had very little experience, um, but there was a psychic medium in the team uh, that I was able to work with on occasion. And she really helped uh, me develop my abilities. Uh, and then I met up with other sensitives, like my friend, Sandy McLeod, um, who I'm still very good friends with. We met and uh, we started working together and using each other for validation. You know, like if we were at a haunted location, we would write it on paper you know, what we felt come in the room and then we would compare notes and, you know, it helped us both build up our confidence really in what we were doing. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was interesting. I kept my group. Um, we probably had maybe 10 to 15 people in our group in Massachusetts and I kept us busy every weekend. And the, initially we didn't do any um, private homes because I didn't feel like that was the right thing to do. Okay. You know, because we weren't experienced enough to be able to do that. So we did a lot of um, a lot of public events or not public, but a lot of places that I got us into, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, inns and cemeteries and. Um, oh, yeah. And where houses. you're at, there's there's yeah. a ton of that yeah. up there. Yeah. 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 With, with yeah. a lot of history. I like the sound of what you what you, you said about your, you know, doing the parent, the private stuff, because right. we, we did a few. I could probably count mm -hmm. on one hand, you know. And I stepped away from that too, because it's like, I just didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, I, I will talk to people. I will still try to help them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, gauging things off of my experience about what I know to be true. Doesn't mean I have all the answers because I come at what I do um, very common sense based, but I also put a lot of things into the mix. You know, I'm all about the spirituality aspect of it. You know, the psychic medium aspect, metaphysical aspects, but also scientific method. You know, mm -hmm. I, I put everything in the soup and stir right. it up with the spoon and I'm trying to right. find best ways. But I, I did too. You know, we stepped away from that too. Mm -hmm. And we focus on historic sites. You know, I yeah. mean, we still offer up reports, you know, and we give people evidence and things that we catch. But I, my group just basically just functions and I still function that I'm just there to prove not really prove, I guess I don't use that term anymore. I'm there to mm -hmm. see if you have some real activity happening, whether it be, you know, light or whatever level it is, to see if somebody's there that may want to talk to me, you know, share their story, or maybe I can help somehow. I mean, I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's what, how I, that's where I'm at now with this whole crazy thing. Yeah, I do. Um, I get asked a lot to do walkthroughs of people's houses. Mm -hmm. uh, and I typically just go by myself or I'll bring another um, sensitive with me and just uh, into it what I'm feeling. I don't investigate um, and just tell them what I think is going on. And I don't have the ability to remove the ghost. And, and a lot of times I don't feel like the ghost needs to be removed. Right. Uh, a right. lot of times it's just a homeowner and they're upset, you know, one house, they just done some renovations and, you know, the former homeowner that was still very much there didn't care for what they were doing. And I'm like, you just need to talk to them and tell them what you're doing and, you know, be gentle about it. You don't have to be nasty or anything, but ask them also to stop doing what they're doing because they're scaring you. Yeah. And, and, do, you, and do you feel that, you know, I mean, I, I, I wanted to get to bring this up. Do you feel that, um, when you go into a place that 
sometimes, you know, let's say the other side, the spirits on the other side, they're given a gift that they're able to be at a place that they feel comfortable or they're, or they're at. Or do you, I, I, I know a person here that claims to be this demonologist individual. And um, I listened to him. We had a little bit of debate. So just to give you kind of some idea about where I'm going with the question. And his thought was everything was negative. Everything needed to be moved on. You know, why we would come in and continue to ask people at certain places and not try to help them. And I, I debated him on that. And I said, that's not exactly how I feel about it. I think there's so many different, you know, uh, characters and dichotomies involved with each individual person or spirit that we may encounter. Um, maybe some are trapped, maybe some don't know that something's happened, but a majority of what I come across, they, they're, they're where they're at and they seem to be okay. Does that make right. any sense? What yeah, I'm no, here? and that makes perfect sense to me too. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, you're gonna run into everybody has a different opinion. Right. Uh, we have, you know, when you find somebody that has a matching opinion, then those are the people that you kind of gravitate towards. Well, sure, um, sure. I've run into a lot of people that it's either angels or demons. You know, there's nothing. Yeah. In between. Right. And, right. And it's like, you know, I didn't. I just present it to the fact that you know, really, honestly, none of us know for sure. You know, we're yep. speculating. Uh, we yeah. maybe it's an intelligent speculation, but um, you know we won't know till we die. And um, you know, let's just see what we can learn. But I agree, and even the negative ones, um, you know, as long as they're human, um, you know, they they got negative for a reason. Usually, most my feeling is most anger stems from hurt. Yeah. And so a lot of times we'll go in as counselors and we'll talk to them and try to find out what happened to them that made them so mad. And, uh, you know, I can cross them over if they want to cross. I can't force them over. So sometimes I've crossed a lot of them over just by counseling and talking to them and, uh, you know, helping them understand that they don't have to be here. Right. So, yeah. you know, and I love, I love to hear that. Yeah. yeah. That's why yeah. I remember I love talking to you before. Cause like you said, we're of like mind on some things. So you yeah, know, it makes it comfortable for me. And, and I, I love where, where you're at with that. And, and, all I was trying to tell the individual, this this gentleman, is like, look, you know, not everything that I come across, like you said, has to be black and white, it has to mm -hmm. be labeled something negative, or that every soul is crying out to be moved on to a better place. Maybe this is their better place. Right. And he couldn't, that's he couldn't wrap happy. his yeah, he couldn't yeah. wrap his head around that. And I'm like, yeah. well, well, you know, I'm, I'm that's where I'm at, and, and I'm cool with his opinion. I, I was mm -hmm. just saying that that's not where I'm at with this. I feel like come at it um, that, like I said, they have a message. They don't want to be forgotten. A lot of them I deal with. Uh, and I want to make sure that their legacy is kept alive, especially when I do historic places oh, I yeah. feel that those people are still there and they're still impacting people today, um, that they don't want to be forgotten. But mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I wanted to have this interview also key in, like go from book to book. I know there's 23. We can kind of take short snippets from each book. Cause I know they're all based in certain experiences. Um, what would be your what's your what's your tell everybody what your second book is? I know what it is. I got it right up here in front of me. But what's your second book and what was your what was your process in putting that together? Um, well, actually, my first three books were a trilogy, uh, fiction trilogy. So my first paranormal book was Soul Collector. Okay. And uh, that was, um, you know, chronologically, that book takes off after um, Devil's Toy Box. So after I joined that paranormal team, uh, I discovered 
that the more I tuned into my abilities, the stronger they were getting. And I was really getting excited. It was like having a new toy. I could go to investigation. I could oh, sure. tell where the ghost was. Uh, I'm clairaudience. So I hear tones similar to ear ringing and I'm able to hone in on where it is. Are you the same way? You know, I, I don't want to interrupt you because I, I yeah. know you probably, it drives me nuts when people interrupt me too sometimes, but it's just so fun talking to you. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've been asking so many people, what does that mean? Because yeah. I'll sense something in our house or in the room with me all of a sudden, and then I get this wee, and then it just kind of fades. Mm. That sounds right. Yeah, I think it's different for everybody. For me, it's kind of like, um, for me, it's kind of like static, like uh, white noise. Um, sometimes it is a high pitch um and i can track it around the room like i i have one in here with me right now it's off over um over this way so um if i tune into the sound it's like a gateway for me and i'm able to pull information so that's when i can pull you know whether it's male or female um what it looks like i get a mind picture and then I've learned that I'm also pretty adept at automatic writing, which I didn't really think about. But if I write when I'm trying to intuit what's going on, I'll just start pulling more and more information by writing it down. And uh, but the, when they're in my house, I don't try to figure out who they are because I, I kind of I, a lot of people disagree with this. But I think you have to live some things from the inside out to understand someone's perspective. But I have a ghost coming in all the time and I have. Yeah, yet they come and go, time. right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah I, I, I they're like trespassers to yeah, me. Like yeah. I can't I can't stop them from coming in. My house is warded and shielded and, you know, there's, right. you know, spiritual boundaries and, and they still come in because I feel like my light is so bright that they just don't see, you know, they just ignore everything. Um, but. You know, I don't try to figure them out when they're here. And, and most of the time, I'm just telling them they need to get out, that, you know, they're not welcome and they weren't invited. You know, if I go somewhere and I'm working on it, I'm more than willing to help them. But, you know, they come into my sanctuary, my whole private home. It's like, you know, somebody just walking in the door and kicking their feet up on the coffee table. Right, you know? <laughs> right. I tend to think it's the people that had our house before, you know, the little German lady and her husband that mm -hmm. had built it in 1950. But, you know, as I said, I'll say this, I won't say, you know, get out, but I was like, listen, mm -hmm. I see you. I obviously see you in the other room because you're moving, they're peeking around or I see them moving. In the yeah. um, I, all, all areas of the house. And then it stops. Once I make notice and I tell them I see them, it's, yeah. kind, of done, it's kind of done with. And, and, um, I just find that that interesting, and, and I wish we were closer because I'd love to to beg you and, and work with you and have you become my mentor for sure. Oh, um, cool. So many people that I I know here in Michigan, they're just too far away. But yeah, I'm you know having this like you from a very small age. I'm just I let it happen, and I'm just kind of learning as I go. And um, I I never like you said I don't presume presume to try to you know move anybody on i i think i'm like you mm -hmm. i've done it a couple times where i said you know if you, it's safe if you see the light go to the light be with your family mm -hmm. it's good uh that type of thing but um so in that in that series of trilogies was there anything that sticks out to you the most that impacted you the most that i would say it's like one of those turn the corner moments that you can think of yeah when i brought the soul collector home that was a definitely a corner a turning moment for me because um at, up until that point i hadn't run anything anything negative mm -hmm. and i wasn't aware that uh, i the stronger i got the more i was glowing basically 
and I brought home a really nasty negative entity. And, you know, it's, it goes to back to being prepared. And if you're a sensitive or a medium and you're going on an investigation, you need to have a backup plan. What happens if something follows you home? What are you going to do? And uh, I didn't have that backup plan. I mean, we had a psychic medium on our team, but she was up in Maine. She was, you know, two and a half hours away from me and not always accessible. She had a busy profession. So, and, and she was a little bit passive aggressive as well. So I didn't always have um, access to her and I would just have to live with this horrible, you know, I was living alone. I was freshly divorced, uh, you know, living in my very first house that I bought myself and coming home to knowing that it was there and, and it would hover over me. And uh, it was horrific. And uh, it started kind of taking me over towards the end. Um, and, you know, thankfully, um, she finally came through and, you know, they did a, a banishing ritual because she's also a witch. <laughs> um, but they did a banishing ritual and I got rid of it. So, I mean, I had an exorcism done on me, you know, by a layman. So, um, it wasn't a true priest coming in, but, um, but you, you know, were will, but you were still willing yeah. to try anything. At yeah, that I point, was, I can at that point, Santa Claus could have come in and yeah. said, Hey, I'll take care of this. And I would have <laughs> right. been, Hey, right. you know. I don't mean to laugh at you, but yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be no. the same way. Yeah. I, I felt they had something like that attached to me in, in Tucson, Arizona, uh, with my first wife. And I remember seeing this thing and I just was not myself for the couple yeah. of months. And I knew, I knew something wasn't right. And, I'm not, you know, I'm more of a spiritual guy. I'm not really religious. You know, I don't go mm -hmm. to any certain religion, but I do believe in God and, and certain things. And I just started using prayer and I noticed yeah. that instantly that thing was gone and some things changed for me. And that's what I've done when I've, I've gotten home. Uh, you know, when I felt something has followed me home, my wife, who had, doesn't have many paranormal experiences noticed a few of them and said what's that big dark shadow that's moving in across the bedroom mm -hmm. and i knew something had followed me home and i used you know no such polite words if you know uh, we're on a network where we can swear but i don't want to be you know i don't want to be vulgar but you know get the f out of the house you don't belong yeah. here you have no no right to be here and that seemed to work so if you, you've had those types of experience too where you just tell hey it's got, you got to go you're not supposed to be here. Yeah, but I've not had any luck with them going when I do that. Um, and I've had people say, you know, well, you need to be angrier. I'm like, I don't think you saw me. <laughs> you don't know how angry I was. And, right. Um, you know, there's something different going on. I mean, I've written two books on paranormal protection. So I know, you know, very well versed in it. Uh, just that most things that work for other people don't work for me. So right. Right. Uh, my worst case scenario, though, is I have... Um, I have a shaman who works remotely, uh, Michael Robichaud. And if I have something really, really horrible, um, he'll, he'll be able to take care of it for me. So I've been using him for, I don't know, maybe 10 years now. And uh, he's saved me from a lot of really bad situations. Well, what I like about you, you know, dropping names of other people that, that work with you or help you in situations is that I'm the same way just because you've been in it longer than me, or I've been in it for 15 years doing this, you know, this and that, and a little bit of here and there doesn't mean I always have, like you said, that we always have the answers or sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not confident enough in what I have, you know, the abilities that I have or what I'm doing that maybe I'm doing something good enough for myself. Does that does that sound reasonable? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's too many egos in the paranormal field. And um, I think it's okay to yes, say, I don't have all the answers and I'm not capable of doing everything that needs to be done. So I'm not going to go into a situation that has 
a really horrific haunting and tell the people right. I'm going to help them. Uh, because, you know, I can go in there and I can tell them what's going on, but I can't do one damn thing about getting rid of it unless I contact Michael. So a lot of times I just skip, you know, skip the investigation um, and just call Michael and say, look, you know, I've got a case for you and uh, let him handle it because I don't need to be there. You know, chances are the thing may follow me home, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah. I've got to protect myself as well. So Yeah, and I'm glad you said that. It hasn't always worked for me either, just saying, hey, yeah. get out, because then it'll go on for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've only taken drastic measures once, and that's where I did the holy water and did the crosses on the door jams, and I did a smudging. I did all the tricks of the trade, I guess, mm -hmm. so to speak, that we all know. And finally, you know, finally. But uh, my wife had a strange experience, and I want to bounce this off you before we do our commercial break. And I want to see if maybe you've had an encounter with this before, and then that'll be a segue into my, my next set of questions. Um, I came home from an investigation on the east side of Michigan, and we were out very late. I got home about three in the morning. I'd gone to bed. My wife had got up because once I went to bed, I was I, I, there's, I just out. I was out, I was gone, I was sleeping. And she got up awake, went to the restroom, uh, came back into the bedroom and said there was a lady standing over me off to the side of the bed. She was wearing a, a green robe that looked like velour or something, you know, of that, that type. Um, it was tied shut with a rope and she had beautiful face, blonde hair, was just kind of bent over, had her hands down at her side, just kind of bent over staring at me and then uh, sat up or stood up and straightened up and turned and looked at her and then vanished. And I wow. sharing it with me and it kind of disturbed me, but then I thought, well, nothing negative has happened. So maybe that was a guardian. That sound right? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's really hard to say, you know, and, and I could guess, um, you know, typically I've not seen any of my guardians. They've not presented themselves because I feel like they're, they, they come from the light, so they don't uh, necessarily manifest. Um, you know, but they, you know, they don't have to be negative to be a ghost. I mean, there are yeah, yeah. Good, good ghosts. I mean, you know, maybe she was just curious about you. I don't know. Or maybe she was a guardian. I don't know. It's, you know, it's hard to say, but either way, it's a cool experience. Um, I think so but too. also pretty frightening. <laughs> I'm sure she yeah. did. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, you don't expect to see uh, something manifest, you know, in the sanctity of your own bedroom, especially hovering over your husband. Um, you know, maybe she, you know, maybe she was just, um, checking you out like maybe she saw you at the investigation and she's like oh this looks like a nice guy you know <laughs> yeah I, I i ran through that gamut of thoughts too like i said it could just be a one of number of things but yeah. i just wanted to run that by you um we're going to take our first commercial break i want everybody to stay with us we're here on unrestricted paranormal but i'm going to tell you a couple things uh before we uh, go to that commercial break i want you to check out uh one of our sponsors that's the Henderson Castle, hendersoncastle.com. It's an 1895 bed and breakfast in downtown Kalamazoo. Next time you're coming to Kalamazoo, Michigan, you can book your stay there. And, uh, of course, once a month, yours truly, who's speaking right now to you, uh, does the historic ghost tours of this place. And I can tell you about Frank and Mary Henderson, wonderful people in life. I think they're still wonderful, uh, if you will, on the other side. 
Um, we have a lot of great and positive things happen there. Also, historic Hotel Nichols. If you are coming to South Haven, Michigan, on Lake Michigan, that's right, Lake Michigan, we're directly across from Chicago. Um, you can book your next day here at uh, Historic Hotel Nichols. Just go to hotelnichols.com. And, of course, you know, I'm wearing the hat. You guys can't see it. I even got my new shirt that they sent me. I'm having the guys on the show here on the 8th, but we're going live so you can see all of us. That is Gun Barrel Coffee. You've had the rest. Drink the best. Gun Barrel Coffee, gunbarrelcoffee.com. And, and $1 of each sale and proceeds from every product in their store goes to help veterans. I think that's a damn good cause. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. We'll be back for more right after this. If you have ghosts, you have everything. If you have ghosts, you have everything. You can say anything you want, and you can do anything you want to do. Surprise, there it is 
Hey, you listening to this podcast, I've got a message for you. If you've drank the rest, now drink the best. Gun Barrel Coffee. We are the Gun Barrel Coffee Incorporated team. We are united by the love of coffee, guns, freedom, and America. What started as a hobby has turned into a high-quality home-roasted coffee enjoyed by family, friends, and now the public. We are proud to donate a portion of our proceeds to the organizations who support those who serve, those who protect and defenders of our rights and freedom. Accept no other substitutes. You've had the rest. Now drink the best. Gun Barrel Coffee. You can find the guys at GunBarrelCoffee.com. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Well, I've been afraid of changing Cause I've built my life around you Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Thoughts of suicide may feel impossible to overcome. But with help and support, you can find hope and meaning. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK to speak to a counselor or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. It's free. It's confidential. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And even if it feels like it, you are not alone. Take a stand. Take a stand. Take a stand. Like my brother did. And he wouldn't take no for an answer. Like my wife did when she asked the right questions. Like my friend did when she made the call. You stood by us when we were in uniform, so stand by us now. Take a stand for those who served our country. If you're a veteran in crisis or no one who is, the Confidential Veterans Crisis Line is here for you. Call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at veteranscrisisline.net or text 838-255.
And we are back, and we're with Joni, and, and we're talking some interesting stuff. I'm jumping all over the place because I always have a format, and I never stick to the damn thing. Um, we talked a little bit about an experience, and um, you know, your soul catcher. Let me ask you this about th- this thing: was it a him or her? What was this this thing? Do you think it was parallel universe shadow person? It was. Uh, it was a very intelligent uh, male ghost. Um, okay. So he had been um, where I picked him up with, at was this old prison camp. You know, I like mm. to keep my team busy, and uh, there was an old prison camp right in the middle of the state park, and we had full access to it. There ruins. Um, nobody. I mean, it was just there, kind of overgrown, and you know, we mapped it out, and we spent a lot of time that summer going out there, um, you know, investigating. And you could stay as late as you wanted to, and and really nobody knew about it at the time, just us. Now everybody's out there. But uh, we, uh, there was an old tuberculosis hospital there. And um, that was during the heyday of uh, TB. They would bring prisoners from all over the state of Massachusetts in there, regardless of um, the severity of their crimes. Because the working farm prison was just low, you know, low. Yeah. 
low crime like, like, like a poorhouse type of situation kind too, of, yeah house, yeah but crime, the tb yeah. hospital they had all kinds of people in there so right. there was some negativity negativity coming in there so i don't know if that's where i i know that's where i picked it up because i i heard it in the car um on my way home and we had spent all summer there and i'd been fine but um i went in in a really depressive state i had just been dumped <laughs> dumped oh, by my dumped by somebody i thought was going to marry me you know like d devastated yeah. and one of my and friends done that. Yep. yeah one of my friends said um you know what why don't we uh, why don't we go investigate tonight that'll cheer you up and and i've also learned since that point especially as a medium or a sensitive um don't go when you're at your bottom because your defenses are down um yep. you can Good pick advice. up an attachment yep and that's exactly what happened i guess i feel like he was probably watching me all summer and uh, but couldn't get to me because i was shielded and you know protected and i went in with my defenses down and he latched right onto me so you know it's just like you got to be careful you got to know what you're going to do if that happens and yeah yeah uh, I, I would give that advice to even investigators i've told people yeah. when they've called me and they've got family things going on and they're fighting with their yeah. you know their their yeah. other you know or things are going on in the house or they've had a huge horrible day because when you said passive aggressive earlier in the interview i kind of giggled um, my, you know, I had a person involved in my group and that's what she was constantly. And I would tell her, I need you to leave that at the door the minute we get into this place, because this is why other things are attaching and other things are happening is because even that I think brings them in, mm -hmm. you know, I think they feed on that. And, and so I would think investigators should pay heed to that advice from Joni too, that yeah. you got, you got stuff happening. Don't, don't go, don't go out yeah. Just stay home. You know, and even if you're just exhausted, um, yeah. I know I went on, you know, I've gone on some investors. We did decided to do a couple of big um, places back to back. We did the Shanley and um, was it in, in upstate New York near uh, New Albany? Um, yeah. Then, with, uh, who, who's who owns that? Is uh, isn't it Al? Alan, his family, the Shanley Hotel. Yeah, the guy that yeah. owned it died year, yeah, a Al, years. Yeah, Al, Al passed yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, the next night we did Rolling Hills Asylum. Oh boy. oh boy. And so it was like you know we were all exhausted. I'll never do that again because that's a roller we coaster into, ride. <laughs> yeah, we went into Rolling Hills. Um, all of us exhausted, and and a couple people had some pretty extreme experiences. Um. You know, I was probably not as bad because I I think I, I went to bed earlier at the Shanley. I didn't stay up all night investigating, but, right. um, you know, but it was, it, you know, so I, in the turn, I've I've learned um, if I'm tired or I'm depressed, I've got I'm sick or anything, I'm not investigating. You know, I'm going to say, sorry, I can't make it. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same way as leader of the group. I'd like, listen, you guys got to yeah. go do the thing tonight. Things are happening. I'm just not in the right, not in the right mind. I feel that things, you know, I, I guess I, yeah. I always like to say aura because I don't know what to call it, but my mojo yeah. ain't right. And if my mojo ain't yeah. right, I, I ain't doing this stuff. Um, I wanted to ask you too, you know, um, the one book, which is the ghost magnet, which obviously do your gift, you're a ghost magnet. Um, and we talked, I mean, mine, as I said, are, are you similar to me that there's different things that happen and you just allow it to happen when it's going? Or do you meditate? Do you do special things to help this along? Or you just let it happen because it's a natural thing that, that you have? 
Uh, it just happens whether I let it or not. It's just, uh, it evolves. And I always have experiences. Um, I used to, I went through the whole meditation, st you know, stage, and I was trying to connect with my spirit guides and try to learn more. And I'm kind of to a point where I don't really, uh, maybe I should meditate more, but I don't. Um, I've, I use car drives as meditation or walks or uh, connecting yeah. in with my guides. But um, no, I, it just, it's just part of my life. It's something that happens. It's something that's going to happen for the rest of my life. Um, yep. My spirit guides are getting stronger. They're getting better. Um, I had a really horrifying experience um, like days ago. I woke up from a nightmare or I woke up uh, battling something coming out of my wall in my bedroom. Oh no. And um, I couldn't, I wasn't sure. Was I dreaming? Did I really see it? But I mean, I was there. I was like trying to push this thing back to the wall and it really rattled me. Um, so I contacted Michael, you know, my shaman friend uh, the next day and he said, Oh yeah, it really happened. And he said, he said, you did push it through the wall, you know, which was surprising because when something happens like that, startling like that, like in my bedroom, my, you know, my inclination is to run and scream. <laughs> so right. I, I was kind of impressed with myself that I woke up swinging punches, you know, and he said, my guides took care of it at that point. He said, they're getting stronger and they're getting help more, uh, hit, you know, getting more training and they're learning how to help, help me keep things out of my house. So I'm really encouraged by that because, you know, if I have my own army <laughs> to help me, then it'll help keep me more protected. Yeah, and you're repeating a lot of words that, again, I get from my friend Christy, you know, when she's giving me advice. Mm -hmm. Very similar, and it's good to hear that from you as well. I would ask you this, you know, that dream state, you know, I've had things like that happen in dreams, which I know damn well it was happening. Yeah. Um, I've had a reoccurring one where I'm in this haunted house, and I'm being held down, I'm being picked up, tossed around, and I remember being just, and I'm not one who gets frightened easy. That's the weird part. So when I wake up, I'm I'm upset with myself because I don't I fear more of what's walking around in the daylight than I do anything on the other side or, or in the dark. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm an idiot for that. I am. But but you know, I I've had this stuff happen and it impacted me in such a way that I was scared out of my wits. But I continued in the dream to go forward to try to battle this thing and to do the work I was there to do, which was to say I've discovered you. You know, we now see you, everybody is aware of you, you're here, but you're gonna stop what you're doing. Mm -hmm. and I just wondered if you've, you know, like your wall thing, have you had something very similar to that happen? And you feel that, that that's how a lot of stuff comes to us is in a dream state. Um, you know, it's funny because most of the time I don't remember my dreams. And this has been probably like the last maybe seven, eight years. I've quit remembering my dreams for the most part. So I feel like I may be having a whole alternate life in my dream state. Oh, no. You know, that I'm not supposed to remember um, part of my spiritual growth. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I really feel like I was able to to see something because I was in, you know, in a different state. Maybe, you know, maybe um, I don't know. Maybe I was in a different um, dimension at that point. I mean, maybe that's what we do when we when we dream. You know, there's so much we don't know. Yeah, see, and, and I, I believe in your gift because you, you must be reading my thoughts or my, my mind waves or something because that was my next question because I was going to ask, I was going to lead into that type of thing, which is, do you think sometimes you and I are in touch with, you know, uh, like you said, another world or that parallel thing that's existing alongside of us, which I, I believe sometimes maybe I'm touching it. Um, I've also wanted to ask you too, do you think that you've been 
you've been open to this whole um oh what do they call it the the uh the effect um having a brain fart um the Mandela effect, because um, there's some things that have happened yeah. that I remember them specifically happening a certain way. And then, you know, you know what I mean? And then there's a correction mm -hmm. like that's that's not right. That's not right. Have you yeah. had those moments, too? Um, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I do. Uh, I do believe that there are other dimensions like, you know, right alongside ours. And, and I think things pop through sometimes through that, you know, if it's ghosts or aliens or Bigfoot, you know, I think there's a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of explanations there's so much that, out there. Right. Yeah. There really are that we can't explain um, that. Yeah. No, um, I can't say I've had too many Mandela effects experiences. I feel like I follow more synchronicities. Like I'm constantly looking for uh, okay. patterns and numbers and, um, you know, it, it just strange things like, you know, if I see a, an eagle swoop down in front of me and it's so obvious, you know, I feel like that might be a message in itself. And so I follow a lot of that kind of stuff. I'm always looking for those synchronicities. I feel like um, people are put in, your play, put in your path for a reason. And, yeah. you, you know, one of you is going to teach the other a lesson or you're going to have an experience or it's going to, you know, it's, it, there's a reason behind it. So I always Certainly. look at things like that a little closer, you know. Oh, I like to hear that. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I would also ask, you know, back in the day with apothecaries and which, what we call, you know, the witchcraft of the day, which we know not to be. You know, anybody that's going to yeah. study their history knows that these people were in tune with the earth. They were in turn with mm -hmm. natural healing things and you had healers and in, in the Danes and all these different cultures throughout Europe, all over the world, uh, including Native American people who were here. Um, do you think that the kind of gift, and I used to call mine a curse. I don't know how you dealt with yours very early on, but I finally asked him, what do you want me to do with this? You know, one of those things. But do you think early on, you know, at the dawn of man, that this, this type of thing that happens with you and me has always been there and maybe we just forgot about it and Maybe people like you and I are learning or maybe we're the special people that are in touch with that to try, like you said, to try to go forward and, and have other people uh, do the same thing. Do you think, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think that's possible and do you think everybody can do it? Um, I think it's a sixth sense. I think it's a gift. I don't think everybody's born with it. I think everybody's born with intuition. Um, and a lot of people discount it. But I think to actually have the ability to talk to the dead, I think it's something passed down through families. Um, not necessarily mine. I don't really know anybody in my family that has this gift, nor do my children really have it. But then again, nobody's ever been interested in it until me. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I feel like it's like you're built with, uh, you know, with this, with an extra sense and mine's like an antenna that's able to, uh, pick up on the dead. So. Cause I laugh sometimes, you know, like you, you kind of alluded about some of the people in this field, you know, there's people, we'll just say it, you know, I won't say charlatan, that's a strong word, but there are people yeah. who say a lot of things and they say they have the gift and people, well, everybody can do it. I can teach you to do it. Everybody yeah. has a gift and I'm sitting over here going, no, I don't, I don't, just mm -hmm. something in me says no, that that's not yeah. how it works. And I'm a little different than you, Joni, and where there's a history of it in my family on my, my mother's side, you know, starting with my uh, great grandfather and my great grandmother. And I didn't get that information until years later. And I could never figure it out till my mom finally shared the story. 
and you know what they were involved in and, and what they were doing. But um, you know, I've now noticed my oldest daughter has it. Um, my youngest daughter, Elise, has it, and I see one of my grandchildren seems to be talking to dead people, and he's five years old, and he he tells you things that you know, matter of fact, that he probably shouldn't know. Wow. And I don't find it disturbing. I'm I'm always amazed, and he'll point people out. You know, um, he knows what grandpa does, and you know, but I don't. And then the other grandkids, nothing. They just they could care less. So I I think there's I think I think you're right. I think there's a little bit of both. I think yeah. maybe somewhere in your family somebody had it, but it, you know they didn't maybe they didn't tap it. into it. I think yeah. you know people were scared to talk about things like that yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So you know, they were worried people would think they were crazy. So, you know, and my grandmother on my mom's side died when I was six years old. So maybe she, and she still sticks around. She's been, she's shown herself to me uh, a couple of times during my life to help save me out of situations. So she's been kind of a spiritual ally all my life. So perhaps she was gifted, but never really tuned into it. Um, my, my mother doesn't really, I don't know. My mother has pretty good intuition but I feel like she's never really tapped into it. Um, so, and my kids, they could be less interested in what I do. So they're, you know, they're, you know, twenties and thirties and it's just never been anything that's in, interested them. So uh, who knows that maybe they could have a gift that's dormant. Um, and I have grandchildren now, maybe, you know, yeah. you know, down the but road. You, you don't look old enough to have grandchildren. Just oh, you know. thank you. Well, they're little, so. <laughs> Yeah. They're young. Nah, still, still beautiful. Don't worry about uh, it. Um, I, I would, I will ask you this too. I got two questions. Does you, are you able to use the gift, you know, at a distance, like you can pick it up no matter where. Um, and then the second part would be is psychometry. Are you able to touch things and get weird sensations or vibrations or you get quick images? Cause I know I do, but as far as long distance, I don't know that I've really had anything like that happen. You know, it's funny because I, I can do long distance. Um, I didn't think I could, but I can read energy and pictures sometimes. But uh, my friend, I'm now in southern Indiana. So um, I've been here. For, yeah, I've been here for almost six years. And my friend Sandy still lives in Massachusetts. And somebody asked her to do a walkthrough of a house. And so she, we did a video call and she turned her phone or camera around and walked through and, uh, and I was picking up stuff from her phone. So yeah, I can psychometry. Uh, sometimes I'll feel a buzz off of something like, but yeah. I don't necessarily, it might be something I could develop, but as it stands right now, I can kind of tell if there's something hanging on to it kind of, but I don't really get any information. So, okay. That's very interesting. Um, what are the signs of spirits? I know that's another one. I know I'm going to pick and choose through your books here. What would you consider signs that we should pay attention? Now, we talked about doing private investigations with people, and I have people, once they find out, well, you're a paranormal guy, and you got this gift. And I don't do readings, by the way, which I've been asked. I'm like, that's not what I do. Me neither. Um, yeah. People say, you know, um, I, you know, my son passed a cancer. I remember this very, very, very early on, uh, do getting into the investigation field. Her son had passed away from cancer. She said, and all of a sudden, this this uh, cardinal and this blue jay showed up. But the uh, the cardinal stayed around, and it would come to my window in my kitchen when I was washing dishes. Is mm -hmm. that a sign? And I really didn't know what to tell her. I thought, well, I'm still reading up on this stuff, which I did. I grabbed all the books and I was watching shows, and I was just really trying to figure a lot of this stuff out. 
what would you well, consider the signs? Um, well, you know, I'm going to back up just a little bit. And I'm going to differentiate between a ghost and a spirit. So I feel like at the time of death, most people go on to heaven and they go through, you know, their guidance and their lessons and, and meet up with all the other family. If they balk and they don't go through the white light and they stay earthbound, they're a ghost. Okay. So, and the the two are very different. Like the vibrations are a lot heavier for a ghost. A spirit is much lighter. So the things that they're going to show you if they're coming around are going to be, um, they're going to be gentler. They're never going to scare you. Um, they're not going to do things that pound on the walls and stuff like that. Uh, they're going to tune into signs that maybe they think you'll recognize. Um, you know, and I've heard the Cardinal thing a lot. And for me, that's a really hard one because Cardinals show up a lot. Now, if yeah. you had never seen a Cardinal outside your window before, and you asked for a sign from a loved one that loved Cardinals and all of a sudden a Cardinal showed up, then I, you know, I would think that had merit. Um, you know, I do have a book called signs of spirits and yep. Yep. I think the most common way people experience loved ones is with the dream visitation. And usually that dream feels more, it feels more like a memory than a dream. And um, I start off the book with my own experience. Um, my grandmother that I just talked about a minute ago um, was very close to her. She, I was six when she died. And I had a dream a couple of days after she died that we went to clean out her house and bring her closest Salvation Army. Well, at the age of six, that's not something I would have known, you right. know, and that is what right. we ended up doing, you know, a couple oh, wow. of days later. But um, when we walked into the house in my dream, she was sitting on the couch and my mother didn't see her, but I did. And I ran up and gave her a hug and I said, nanny, nanny, I thought you were dead. And she said, I did die, but I couldn't leave without saying goodbye to you. And I could tell that story a thousand times. And every time I get goosebumps because I That's know emotional. That yeah. Yeah. It, That's was, emotional. it was, it was her saying goodbye. And I've had other people tell me similar stories. Um, you know, so I feel like dream visitations are probably the most common, uh, music. Sometimes they can come through music. They can manipulate, uh, what song comes on. You'll be thinking about them and a song that's relevant comes on. Um, they can mess with the lights. They can, um, they, uh, pennies from heaven. There was one woman in the book that kept finding dimes and, um, I've experienced the penny thing. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. 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 And always look at the year to see if it's. Something yeah, and, and, and it's been random, and sometimes it's yeah. been random. We we just yeah. did a walkthrough. There's nothing on the floor. Yeah. Uh, me and two other people are only one in the house. Yeah, we just now all of a sudden we go back through the second time, and there's a penny laying yeah. there on the carpet. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to ask is, you know, I had an influx of dragonflies uh, mm -hmm. last couple of years, and red seemed to be blue was a very predominant color on and off, but red was the big thing last year, and they would come and land right up on me. Uh, they would land right up on my hand. Um, and I, you know, I lost a couple of friends and some people in the group and I know that's an old native American thing and different cultures, you know, like you said, qualify that as, I guess, a sign, but I always found that to be wonderful. And then I had this thing with deer last year and I would be standing in out on the shore and I know, I think I'm pretty decent with animals. I don't think I'm a horrible person, but, um, I was out there fishing and I had deer literally walk right up on me. <laughs> I mean, close enough. I could pet them. I actually touched one of them. Uh, wow. and these, are wild, these are wild deer. And I ended up taking pictures because people wouldn't have believed it without a picture. 
you know, so I've often thought that maybe there's a connection with, you know, what you do and, and a little bit of what I have going on that maybe that brings in animals, but what other signs, I mean, would you, would you think that are, are very predominant? Um, I think it really connects in with uh, maybe what the person was into. Like um, my youngest sister died a year ago, January, and uh, she sorry. was very, thank you. Yeah, she was very, she was a troubled young woman. Um, and she, um, she ended up, uh, she died of pneumonia, but she was a drug addict most of her life. But she was very much into butterflies. Like she had a butterfly tattoo. She had butterflies all over her bedroom. And I really fully expected to see, um, <coughs> see butterflies last year. But I really didn't. I didn't see uh, really nothing out of the norm. Um, but what I did see was spiders. I kept having spider experiences, <laughs> which is really funny because mm -hmm. uh, I've always been terrified of spiders. But over this last year, uh, I, the experiences I had were really kind of neat. Um, and, and it made me have an appreciation for them. So I can't say that that was her because uh, I really do think she'll send me butterflies. But I think maybe... You know, a lot of times they can't come through right away. You know, maybe the well, maybe she's a, has healing, well, you know, to go through. So, well, she's the type of person that would call you up from anywhere and say she needed a pack of cigarettes. Um, well, I lived a, a distance away from her for a good long time. So I was in Massachusetts for 30 years before I moved back to Indiana, which is my home state. So she didn't really have that luxury, but okay. um, okay. yeah. I just wondered, I had a relative that, that was, the, that was the thing before they passed away. And it was just like, no, I mean, and they were long, they were far away. They were down yeah. in Ohio. And I'm like, you realize I'm in Kalamazoo. I'm not, I can't drive eight hours to bring you some cigarettes, you know, uh, one of those yeah. things. Um, I had, I like your dream state, you know, uh, correlation there because I didn't think that I would have, I didn't think my mom would come back. Um, I'd had run-ins with my dad when he passed, which, because we were estranged for 14 years. So I'm going to bounce this off you too. And I think what I wanted to say was that I had a dream where my mom showed up and she started lighting up the cigarette and I was laughing. And then we were in our old house on Berkeley street, which is a house I kind of, I guess I could say I grew up in and we were in the basement and I, I laughed there and I said, what are you doing? She goes, it's okay. I can have these here. It doesn't hurt me now. And, and I wanted to ask you, you know, with some of the times that they come to you in these dream states, you know that this is a real communication because they say just oddball things like that to you that you probably wouldn't have thought of. I mean, we, we could talk to psychologists. They could give us the runaround about our psyche. But I just thought that was the weirdest thing that she would have done in there. And she said, then I want you to know I'm okay. Everything's all right. I love you. And then she walked around underneath the steps where it was dark. It was shadows. And I tried to follow her because I wanted to talk to her some more. And she was just gone. Mm -hmm. so that that was one of my run-ins, but I just found that funny that she would light up a cigarette and do something really weird, you know, like yeah, that. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I don't know. I think everything has to run through our human brains as well. So sometimes we might get things scrambled a little bit, you know, right, right. Uh, maybe the message was there or, you know, who knows? Um, but that's, well, a, that's a wonderful message that she told you she was okay. Uh, and that's all that really, that's all you really need to know, you know? Yeah. And I, and I was, it's not that I was worried she wasn't going to go uh, to a good place. I just didn't want her. I didn't want her yeah. kind of hanging out like dad did, you know, like she thought, felt that she had to finish something, but I wasn't the one that had the first dream about her. It was my daughter, Samantha, oh. who I said, you know, I told yeah. you had the gift and Sam said that she was doing weird stuff there too. And uh, my mom told her that she loved her and, and loved the grandbabies. They were all adorable. And 
Aww. she was fine. So I find that to be a pretty special, you yeah. know, special run in. My dad didn't show up like that. He he showed up in a picture, uh, which is on our Facebook page, and then and then my grandkids saw him. Um, and then I had a run in with him and this is over a, a, a few months after he passed away. Um, and in the summer I was going to a place and he turned my wipers on in my car. So, and then Christy Robinette, who I've brought up, um, Christy called me just out of the blue and said, yeah, your dad came to me last night at the foot of my bed. She was angry. She's like, and he doesn't need to just come into my house. And I'm like, what? Well, first of all, what did he say? She said, well, he wanted me to tell you that that red car is way too small for you. And uh, I, I laughed at Christy and said, you know, we didn't get that Taurus till, you know, months after he passed. And he wouldn't know I had that car, but it was a small red car. I just thought that's funny because I felt for a minute that he was in the back seat, you know, mm -hmm. going through this thing. But those have been some of my run-ins. I mean, I've had stuff where uh, to feed back to our paranormal investigating days, um, I've had stuff where I've gone into a house and I've seen figures just walk I won't say solid, but I see him walk across the room in front of me, and I'm not quite sure what to say to the other investigator with me. Have you had that type of stuff happen, and how do you how do you address it? Um, yeah, I don't. You know, it's like I think everybody has different uh, ways that they perceive the paranormal. I don't so much see things. I think in my whole life, I think I've seen like five or six ghosts. Period. You know. Um, so I don't typically see them, uh, but other people do. I see them in my mind's eye more than I see them with my eyeballs, but, uh, I respect the fact that everybody picks up different things. Um, right. you know, so if somebody has an experience, I'll try to tune into it. Uh, but if they tell me it's a woman with a red dress standing in the corner, I'm going to have a hard time picking up anything, but a woman in a red dress standing in the yeah, corner. Yeah. Cause it so, just contaminated yeah. your thought yeah, process. It just, yeah. And, so we, yeah. If again, we're going yeah. If we're going in as mediums, I always have pen and paper. Everybody yep. writes things down instead of blurting it out. Yep. Yep. And and if I've got, what I'll do is if I've got another person on the team and, and we've got similar types of things going on, mm -hmm. same thing. We stay away from each other and we'll compare notes, you know, after the fact. What I what I like that you said there too is, you know, going into those situations uh, where we've seen things, I don't always see them either. So when I, when I, if I were to talk to people, I tell them, well, if you were to listen to me and you go to these lectures and all these talks I give you, you would think every place I've been is haunted. And that's not true. I've been into places that we thought was going to be haunted. Nothing. We got nothing. Um, I didn't even feel anything going on there. Um, but as you said, uh, when I had a run with Claire Burley, which is a person, uh, I was just in the right place at the right time. Like you, it was in my mind's eye. It was like I could see him in his little brown suit. He was old. Mm -hmm. And I could hear him calling my name. And it was like a quick picture. Like somebody was taking Polaroids and it was in my, in my yep. head. That's and how he I get like, it. Dan. Yeah. Yep. I love to hear that from you. It was like, Dan over here. Cause I tell people and they just stare at me like, I, I don't get it. It's like, that's the only way I can describe it is quick flash photography. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and I don't see anybody like on ghost whisper. I've never had that type type of encounter mm -hmm. when I've seen stuff. It's been shadowy. I've only seen uh, two solid people uh, that I can remember outside of being little. But uh, even that shocked me. And I will tell you, again, I'm not afraid of much, but when I first saw this lady in this uh, old building, man, I, I didn't know what to do with myself. So that's for another another visit, another show. <laughs> the show's not about me. It's about Joni. Um, so we have something else in common. You were talking right before the break that you do um, you do ghost walks or tours. And uh, I don't know if you realize that or not, but um, 
I do a ghost. I own a ghost walk and investigation business here in New Harmony, Indiana. So I do that as well. Yes, ma'am. I I'd seen that. I was going to get to that, but again, you're reading my mind. You, you're beating wow, me all just, the questions. Yeah, you're beating me to everything. There. So I'm no, sorry. I want you to do that. That's what I want you to do. Okay. Sometimes okay. I I sometimes I go around the block. Everybody knows to get to a question or to. I no, start, you're fine. I, sounds like I talk about myself, folks, but I, I do this to register against the guests to see if we have similar things. Yeah. yeah no, tell I us about it. that. What do you do with that tour? How they how they get started? Well, I moved back to my home state about almost six years ago. I was really pulled to come back. My kids had grown up, left the nest, and it was just me. I didn't have any family or I had friends, but um, I just felt a pull to come back home and spend time with my parents and my sisters while I still had parents and um, came back and I was pulled to this small little town of New Harmony, Indiana. It's a historic town, um, dates back to 1814. And I just love the town. It's unique, it's quirky, um, yeah. it's, it's just beautiful. And as soon as I came back, I started realizing that it was also very haunted. And I had no idea uh, until I started really getting out and walking around. And I'm like, wow, there's a ghost in every build building. And uh, <laughs> so I started asking questions and I started getting ghost stories. And uh, I ended up writing a book about it, Haunted New Harmony. Yep. And after I wrote the book, I thought, gosh, that was so much fun. I feel like I can do more. And, it, you know, the town is so condensed with hauntings that I was able to uh, put together a ghost walk where I take people around for 90 minutes and... Um, you know, it's an, a walking tour. We walk and talk about the different locations, what haunts it, the history, um, you know, the architecture. We talk about everything. We laugh a lot. We have a good time. Um, and it's gotten so successful that I now have four tour guides. So we were cranking. Oh, good for you. Yeah, yeah. good for you. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I had done that in Howell, Michigan for five years. Same oh, thing okay. you did, a 90-minute yeah. walking tour, but it just got mm -hmm. to be driving from Kalamazoo to there, it was a yeah. two hour trip, you know, and I won't bore you with the de details, but I finally stepped out. And of course there were two people in the wings just waiting. And so they, oh, I'm they're, sure, doing their, yeah. they're doing their thing now, but yeah. Um, yeah. The, yeah. I do the same thing at the castle. I've been going in and out of it for 15 years and Francois Moyer, um, celebrated uh, chef who owns it, you know, asked me to do the same thing. So we just, you know, people pay their $87. You know, I'm not in it for the for the money. My wife will tell you very begrudgingly that I'm not motivated by the dollar. I do it mostly because I love it. I can make, an, you know, some you know extra money on the side. Mm -hmm. but I, I fell in love with the house because I, I grew up three blocks from the house. Oh, wow. Literally. So, yeah. Yeah, and then so I like you. You're honored. Found, You're honored to yeah. be able to help. You know. Yeah, I hear. Thank I you. Hear you know. Yeah, yeah, thank you for saying that because Francois yeah. said that he's like, "You're the ambassador of the house. You're the yeah. protector of the house." And I think that Frank, you know, Mary doesn't come out all the time, but Frank comes out quite often. And sometimes I feel bad. I wanted to ask you about this as a tour guide to tour guide person. We know why we're into it. We make a buck doing it. Nothing wrong with that. I don't discourage anybody doing their thing. Sometimes I feel pretty guilty because I'm there and I'm asking them to come out and talk to us and doing things. And I leave that mm -hmm. night I'm like, man, I feel like it's like a revolving door. Like I just did something dirty. And so yeah. there's times when I've been able to be there by myself, I've, I've asked them to forgive mm -hmm. me. You know, does that sound right? Oh, yeah. I've done the same thing. Um, yeah. I We used to do a lot. I used, I wrote the book Bones in the Basement about the garden, the Vic, haunted Victorian mansion in Gardner, Massachusetts. And uh, we did a lot of events there. It was back to back a lot of times. And I always felt guilty. They always put me in the basement because it was the creepiest spot. And nobody else would do it. 
And, uh, and I would just go down there and I'd be like, look, it's for charity. It's for a fundraiser. It's going right. to put money back to the house. I'm so yep. sorry to keep harassing you. Um, I try now though, I try to not do the same locations. I mean, I've got a very, uh, active haunted town so I can pick and choose. Like yeah. I'll try to give some space between them so that I'm not, um, harassing them over and over again. There was I one location. That. Yeah. There was one location that we, it was, uh, amazing and we got so much reaction from it, but after a while, I started really getting the feeling that they were shutting down. They were tired. Yeah. They didn't want us there. And so yeah. 2018 was the last time we investigated. So we just took it off the off the roster and uh, focused on places where the ghosts were happier to have us there. Yeah, yeah. That's what it seems like because yeah. we have a cemetery right across the street from the castle. So I have an influx. When I, mm -hmm. when I hook up that Radio Shack ghost box, which I still love using, which I wasn't sold on when they first started Shack using because people, people were misidentifying yeah. those constantly. Mm -hmm. So I still use one. Um, but yeah, I feel the same way. It's, it's good to hear somebody else that is like me that, you know, we care, I care enough about the other side that I'm like, I just don't want them taken advantage of, you know, and there's times I feel real, really terrible. Some nights it just doesn't feel right. And I don't get a lot of communication, but yeah, that walking tour like yours was, was we did 13 buildings investigated them and we only put seven on the tour. But I would change the route. I would keep it somewhat similar, but I would change it around. But mm -hmm. it just got to be it just got to be so tough. Like I said, the travel was hard on me and yeah. I had a lot of things happening in my life, so I had to step away. But I enjoy doing it because I feel that I'm I'm always trying to tell the story of Frank and Mary, much like I'm sure you do, that you tell the story of these places mm -hmm. and these people because I don't want them to be forgotten. Absolutely. Your life was important. Yeah, you breathe life back into their life. And oh, yeah. also for me, um, you know, our town is kind of cut off from the rest of the world. It's a destination spot. It's a tourist town. Yeah. And um, I I love the fact that I can bring in people to this town and then they they fall in love with the town but through my tour. Um, they go to eat the restaurants, they shop yep. in the stores, they stay in the money, yep. Yeah, it brings in money and it helps this yeah. town survive. And so that's a big part of why I do what I do. Well, you're only six hours, six and some odd minutes. What does it say? Six hours and 19 minutes away from me. I looked it up because hey. I, I kind of remember yeah. going through there. I know I've been there. I know yeah. I've been to your Oh, town. really? Wow. So, I I mean, that's nothing for us. I will yeah. oh, have I'd to come down and check you out your tour down. sometime. Oh, well, yeah. And I, I was going to say, if you guys have some kind of event going on in your neck of the woods, just invite me. I'll come up. I know that you've seen it posted. And again, another great segue. <laughs> I'm going to invite you <laughs> right here on the air. Um, it's called ghostorama um and it's august 20th of uh this year and it's at the hartford poorhouse museum and that wasn't an, an active poorhouse you know in its day wow. turn of the century they had a fire you know uh 13 people involved i think 12 lost their lives including women and children mm -hmm. uh it's got a, a unique history that the original van buren hospital used to be on the property so that's gone now but it's uh, I've done events there with them to help raise money for the you know the museum because it's it's totally voluntary everything they do, but I would I would tell you that that museum is better than my city museum, just because so many people have donated so many things. You know, sounds it it just sounds uh, uh, great. So if you want to come up here as a guest, I mean, if you make the trip up, it's from one to seven. It's on August twentieth. And uh, we'll give you a 10 by 10 spot. And if you, you should bring a canopy, if you have a canopy, and 
if, you know, if you got tables and you want to sit there and have all your books out there and whatnot, which if you bring a few, I'm going to beg you to bring a few because I'd like to buy them from you and have you sign them. Absolutely. Then we get, then we get to meet one-on-one -on -one, and then I'm going to give you a special tour of the house. Let you. Oh, wow. Excellent. Go. Yes. Send me some information and, uh, and we'll talk about it. Yeah. That sounds like fun. And I just gave a, a free ad out to it right here on. In the yeah, there the you show. go. I know. Uh, nice segue. <laughs> well, you know, I'm trying to, you have so much, you know, you, you're 23 books and I'm trying to work all sorts of information in. I didn't want to get, you know, worn out on asking the same questions over, you know, each span of each book. Um, I will ask you this just off, just out of the box. Where, where, where's your mind at on UFOs? Oh, I firmly believe in UFOs. I think it would be, um, ridiculous not to believe that there's other life out there you know with he's been really trying to get my attention i don't know if you saw me leaning over i was petting him because he was yowling <laughs> yeah i thought it was a kid yeah. and i'm like i don't think she's got no kids it's i i'm a crazy cat lady i have five cats i was a crazy cat man we had three cats. <laughs> we've had dogs too but we've had cats and i used to name them all after doctor who companions but that's for another show <laughs> very cool I got it. Uh, yeah yeah it's um i'm gonna take a picture of the screen because that's too funny that the is cat funny. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, yeah no i definitely believe in ufos um you know we had an experience um years ago when i was a teenager uh my dad has a private pilot pilot's license so he knows what um oh yeah what a what a ufo what airplane looks like and um he came in one night and he was kind of a skeptical kind of person. He came in one night and he said, you guys need to come out here and look at this. And there was something, he said, it kind of zoomed over the property. And this is, you know, in the middle of nowhere, Indiana and yeah. um, zoomed over the property. And uh, he said the dogs were howling and then all of a sudden it just took off. And by the time we got out there, it was pretty much gone. But I believe, you know, my father's not a, He's not somebody that gets excited over stuff like that. And he really did believe he saw something. So, I'm, yeah, I and, and it's probably, I tell you what, it scares the hell out of me. Like, me I'm okay with ghosts, but, you know, I with aliens, I'm not sure that they would have yeah. good intentions, you know? No, and I've had people on yeah. this show, and they, you know, I have so many different opinions. And I've had people, yeah. oh, that's nonsense. They're good. And others like, well, there's a whole bunch of them and all sorts of stuff. So oh, yeah. I'm trying to take the information everywhere I get it and just kind of formulate. But I'm like you, you know, when I saw the Barney and Betty Hill story when I was a kid, scared oh, yeah, the hell out yeah. of me. But I could oh, watch yeah. The Exorcist, which creeped me out. Yeah. But I yeah. just thought, eh, it's bullshit, you know. <laughs> so I don't. Yeah, I, I yeah. Guess, but now I've learned that there are some bad things going on in the spirit world. What about cryptids? Are you the same way with cryptids? <laughs> I I saw Bigfoot when I was eight years old. Okay. This, all right. This is exclusive. You got to tell us the story. Well, and you know what? I didn't talk about this for a long time because I figured that I'm already talking about uh, talking to ghosts. People are going right. to think I'm nuts if I start saying, yeah, well, I saw Bigfoot. Um, I was eight years old and uh, same property that my dad saw the UFO on um, way out in the middle of you know, the country in Indiana, southern Indiana. And uh, he had 40 acres, has, he still owns it, has 40 acres of property. And I had one spot way back in the woods at the very edge of the property that um, I like to play. I had an old hollow tree and I would go there and just hang out. I was like my clubhouse. And um, I was out there one day and I heard something rustling across. Um, I was on one little hill and there was a stream and then there was another little hill. 
and probably maybe I would say 50 yards away. And I looked up and saw something hopping sideways across that hill and there were no leaves on the trees. So I could see pretty clearly. And all of a sudden it stopped and locked eyes on me. And it was uh, probably about seven feet tall. Had long, long, long um, shaggy kind of coat, the color of like an Irish setter. And, uh, but it was scrawny looking like skinny. And, um, and I, I sat there and froze and, uh, and, then I just took off running, ran for home. So, and of course, nobody believed me. Um, well, no, because you're seeing ghosts, so we're all crazy, you know. Right. Well, I, <laughs> I contacted uh, Troy Taylor years later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, because he's kind of this neck of the woods. And uh, he said, and it was way before I was really investigating or anything, I was just thinking about my experience. And he said, well, he said, you're not alone. He said back in the seventies, when that happened, he said there were like 1500 Bigfoot sightings in Southern Illinois and Southern Indiana. So he said there was definitely something moving through there. So made me feel a little bit better. I haven't had any experiences since, but I got invited to go on a Bigfoot uh, hunt in late March. So I'm very excited about that. Well, cool. I hope that goes yeah. well for you. Yeah, I'm yeah. a Bigfoot believer. We've had, yeah. I've seen trail mark up here in Gaylord, Michigan, in a big forestry area. And I've had two encounters, which I think I've seen something. But again, another different time, another show. Yeah, but yeah I'm yeah. a believer. I'm a big believer. Because yeah. there's, there's, you know, what I've tagged on my new logo for this, you know, my network, not the show, so to speak. But, you know, the unbelievable becomes very believable. And, and there's so many things out there we yet to... We've yet to understand, and I think you know, mm -hmm. like you said very eloquently, which I've also chimed in and said, which is that listen, I haven't been to the other side, I haven't come back with a book or a video recorder, I just don't know. I've yeah. like said, I'm giving you my best supposition and my best guess, you know, educate yeah. guess at times. Yeah, um, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back for some final words from you, and okay. then I'm going to I'm gonna schedule you on a part two show because there's so okay. much more to talk about. Okay. Um, every, everybody hang with us. We've got uh, Jody uh, Mahan with us, and uh, we're going to let's us some PSAs. You guys all know what that is, right? You know, you know uh, messages, right? Everybody knows what that is. We're going to listen to that. We're going to listen to some music. We'll be back for more right here on Unrestricted Paranormal right after this. And we are back. Hopefully you guys enjoyed a lot of that rock and roll that I put in the first break. I put in the second break. Um, you can listen to this program Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on unrestrictedradio.com. Tell your friends, your neighbors, and your family that you don't even talk to or that you don't like. Give them something to listen to. Uh, we play a lot of music and bands that uh, your local radio stations won't play. Uh, it's from one end of the spectrum to the other. So go over there, unrestrictedradio.com. Download the app. You can listen in your car, your phone, wherever it is. And you can hear us. You can hear Joni. You can hear Dan. It don't matter. You can just tune in. You can hear us. Um, also, Henderson Castle, hendersoncastle.com. Uh, just give them a look. As well as Historic Hotel Nichols right here in South Haven, Michigan. And South Haven has a history. Uh, you know, it's a, a seafaring town. The hotel is on the corner. Uh, I can look out the window right now. We, we're in a blizzard. Uh, we got a snowstorm going on, but other than that, I can see the Black River, which leads right out to Lake Michigan and directly across from us is Chicago. And so this was, this is, uh, you know, it's an area. And I will tell you about a very famous, when we before we get back to Joni, there's a very famous plane mystery, okay, called Flight 2501. 
And Valerie Vanderhees, who I've had on the show years ago, looks for all the shipwrecks here in, in the, the Great Lakes. Well, they're trying to find that plane because some, some people who survived here in South Haven during this bad storm in the 50s saw a lightning ball, the plane explode, and it's still lost uh, in the water. Now, they recovered a lot of bodies and body parts and whatnot, but they're still trying to find the motors. So I'm hoping that some one of these years very soon they're going to locate that wreck. And we could put a few other things, but uh, it's got a history. Um, Joni, um, any final words and thoughts? I mean, there's so much to cover with you. You know, you get 23 books, which means that you've got all of this experience to, to bring to bear. I guess if we're out here hunting bear, uh, load your gun. What would you like to tell everybody out here and where they can find you? Well, all my books are on Amazon.com. Um, and my website is JoniMahan.com. So um or hauntednewharmony.com same place they go to the same website but um yeah i think um i don't know i don't really have any parting words i just feel like um paranormal community needs to come together a little bit more right now and quit fighting right. so much amongst themselves uh i think it gives us all a bad name and yep. uh you know i backed away from a lot of that um just because i don't want to be associated with the negativity i feel like that if we you know para unity is such a overblown term and i don't think that we'll ever see it but i think if we just work together you know even if it's just one-on-one -on -one or you know with a couple different groups and try to share experiences and information uh, that maybe we can start to learn more and, and all of us grow more and we can help ourselves as well as the other side. That's great words. And, and I uh, will repeat the same. You know, I've often said that about unity, it's overused. I don't think we'll ever achieve it. But as long as we keep trying and we can, you know, we're all trying to get to the same stop sign. You know, mm -hmm. we're all on those different roads. There's no trade secrets here. And I'm with you. I got so tired of the drama and the fighting and jealousies and just ridiculous stuff. Right. Um, and it still goes on, unfortunately. Um, and I've met a group of people up here, and I'm going to reconnect with Joni here, hopefully this year. Um, and there's more people that want to put a positive spin on this. It's you absolutely. Know, we, you just got to find those people and link. Yeah, up, yeah. We got to share. We yeah. got to share. Yeah. And you share a lot of great information in these books. And uh, thank you. As thank I said, you. I'm going to start ordering and start reading. Um, I haven't been reading in the last couple of years, so I want to tell you that I think maybe you're going to be my my person to order books from and start reading because I'm interested in the signs and a few other the, that you have, a few other books. Oh, good, but, um, good. Well, you know, uh, when I had you on before, you said good things. You said great things here. I wasn't sure if you were picking up on anything with me tonight. Um, I was going to ask that, but I hate, I hate doing that to guests. Like, well, do you feel anything off of me? Are there any words of wisdom from Joni about Dan? Um, you know, I don't really pick up anything right now, I, but I'm not really tuned in either. So, um, that's an honest answer. Yeah. That's an honest answer. Well, uh, you can find Joni where she uh, told you to, and I will have links up once I put the show up. You guys can go to, now I haven't mentioned this all night. I saved it for the end, just for all of you people on my network, go to www.unrestrictedparanormal.com. That is my network. And there is a, a plethora of paranormal programming, true crime stories, old radio dramas, you name it, I've got it up there. Um, but when you go to spell unrestricted, folks, you can't spell it like you normally do. That's the trick. So when you spell unrestricted, you spell unrest, R-X-T-D, unrestricted, paranormal.com. 
I had to do that because they wanted to be weird with me about the domain name. So uh, that's the domain that I ended up with. So go to unrestrictedparanormal.com and you can hear this program at your convenience running over there as well as Unrestricted Radio. Joni, you are an angel. Uh, I want to just applaud you for your patience after what happened yesterday. And if I was everywhere and all over the place in this, please forgive me. It's been one of these days for me. Um, I thought it was I, a great interview. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I, I want to cover more with you because I had a list of stuff that I wanted to cover and I can't find it. This is how my day has gone, folks. I think it went fine just off the cuff. So <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. it very much. We talked about a lot. And I've got a, you know, we didn't even talk about Hanover Haunting, uh, which is well, one of my scariest books. So, well, you know you what? Know? Well, let's do a part two. Okay. Let's do a part two. We're going to, everybody can hear this. We're doing it live. Well, not live. We're doing it pre recorded on the air. Um, I will have you back in two weeks and okay. we'll pick a date and I will make sure that I got a better laptop and, and stream yards running hundred percent. And we will cover just that. Okay. And I, and I was going to ask you before you go, do you run these once a month? Or is there certain times of the year that you do these? What do what? The... Your tours. Oh, my ghost walks uh, when it's yes. warm. We do them from pretty much March, March until uh, November. So I have I'm to not, laugh at that. It's yeah. like when it's warm. Yeah. Not so much now. Yeah. Yeah. Not now. I did have somebody ask me if I do one, um, you know, it was 26 degrees outside. I'm like, no. How about <laughs> you know? no? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. March, March usually starts to warm up here. So um, April, somewhere around there. But yeah, oh, we yeah. do them pretty much every weekend. So. Well, I will, I will come down when it's warm, but I'm sorry we didn't get to cover more time on that. Yeah, uh, my no. bad. We'll we talk will do again. part two. We will. Uh, okay. Part two, we'll have Joni Sounds back good. and uh, tell everybody one more time. So I'm going to keep beating it in their heads. Uh, tell them where they can find you. Uh, well, my books are all on Amazon.com. And um, you can check out my website, JoniMahan.com or HauntedNewHarmony.com. Same place. And I learned about our investigations. I have uh, paranormal blogs on there where I summarize our investigations and I, I get a lot of hits on that too, because I talk about things like, how do you know a ghost is in your house? And, you know, what are some of the top uh, signs for spirit? And, um, you know, why do my ears ring? And, you know, I have a lot of blogs on there. I probably have almost a hundred, maybe more. I don't know. That ear ringing thing really hit, yeah. hit home with me because yeah. I, I, I get that mm -hmm. frequently and I know it's yeah. not, you know, tinnitus. So it's yeah. just one of those weird things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Joni, you are amazing. Thanks for being yeah. on with us. Everybody, this has been Unrestricted Paranormal and I am Dan Howard of the Southern Michigan Paranormals. Uh, again, go to our network at www.unrestricted paranormal.com or unrestrictedradio.com. You all have a very safe and happy weekend, and I will see you all very, very soon. Hang on.